0: Hi, I'm Mike Pickles, and you're listening to The Daily Deal Podcast, where you hear about inspirational stories from folks like you and I. Sit back, relax, and enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Daily Deal podcast with Mike Pickles. And today's guest, I have a very special guest all the way from Anuvik, uh, Northwest Territories. And today, well, I'm just going to let him tell you our, uh, our story. But he's an NWT man who earned his way into the Guinness Book of World Records for cycling across Canada. Now, imagine that. So I'll let you tell exactly what he did. So, welcome there, Chris.
1: Thank you Mike. Thank you for having me. Wow. Uh, So where to begin? Um, Quite simply put, uh, my adventure, it was a time trial from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia from City Hall to City Hall in Halifax, Nova Scotia, some uh, over 5700 kilometers and it was just me out there riding with the supported crew, and uh, I was, uh, the clock doesn't stop until you reach the other side, and I was able to pull it off in about two weeks.
0: Wow, and you say about two weeks. Huh. What was your exact time, Chris? Zach, The exact time was 13
1: days, uh, three hours, 49 minutes, and uh, yeah, it uh, felt like a lot longer than that, let me tell you. <laughs>
0: And do you remember the, uh, the previous record that you beat? Yeah, yeah, the previous record.
1: So we were just, uh, we were splitting hairs. Um, the previous record was 13 days, six hours, 13 minutes. So I was able to shave two hours and 24 minutes. And uh, with a, an event of that duration, two hours and 24 minutes is the equivalent to milliseconds. It's a half a bike length and a sprint. So, um, you know, at one point on day 13, um, I had let a very comfortable lead slip and I didn't realize until it was almost too late that we were behind. And what made the difference was a, a large push on day 13, um, uh, in just over 24 hours, I was able to uh, ride 525 kilometers on the last day in a, in a few
0: hours to uh, claim the record. Wow, that's insane. I mean, seriously, Chris, if, if someone was to drive across Canada, I mean, how long would that take?
1: <laughs> if you're really pushing, like you could do it in, in six days, but CAA sort of recommends around 12, you know, if you to, to taking the time or taking some of the sights and sounds to enjoy the scenery kind of thing. It all depends on which route you go to. Um, I uh, went the, uh, the shortest distance. Uh, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's it felt uh, pretty fast. Um, you know, I, I've never. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever do an event like that uh, again. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was it was surreal. It was surreal.
0: Yeah, like I mean, honestly, sometimes you must sit there, look back, and say, "What the heck did I do?" I mean, when you drive across from six to twelve days and you cycled in 13, that's insane. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I was reviewing some of the materials. So um, I got uh, invited to write an article uh, for the CBC. So uh, do some freelance work. And uh, so I'm going to write 800 page uh, uh, anecdote about uh, about the experience. And so I got to look at some of the videos. And truthfully, Mike, I get tired, just watching them in sequence. So the videos kind of capture the beginning and the end of each sequence. And I did about cool five four-hour blocks per day on average and you can see the progression between day and night and honest to god i still i get tired just watching it (laughs) and you can see over time from day one all the way to the very end this progression it's it's kind of like dying a slow death because i'm all chipper and ready to go and uh you know, day one, you know, it's, it's very uh, an upbeat mood, but just there's not a lot of talking and not a lot of enthusiasm toward the end. And it's, it's quite interesting when you stack all the videos together to see that progression.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's obviously, you know, this, but obviously it's not just a physical feat, but it's also psychological to get through what you got through.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't, it's irrational because, you you know especially for you know it's not like it's not like i i had to do that for for survival's sake you know it's like you're knowingly putting your body through this and everything everything is telling you to stop because of the 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 agony and and you're so fatigued mentally and physically you're getting beat up it's 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 pretty irrational like it, it doesn't make much sense and it's you really have to be amped up to push through it and try to get to the other side. And uh-huh. um, yeah, your, your mind can do some some kooky things when you're out there, even when you have two people in an RV looking after you.
0: Yeah, our, our old friend, I know you remember him, Hal Johnson from Body Break would be mm-hmm. They keep fit and have fun, but he didn't say to push yeah. it crazy.
1: Well, that's, that's neither. I'm telling you right now, that is not, there's nothing like I lost fitness at the end of it. And by, you know, the second week I was not having fun anymore as much as I like cycling. Um, but looking back in retrospect, it's not all that bad. It's, it's a great accomplishment and, and I, something I'll be proud of uh, for a long time.
0: Now, speaking about accomplishment, what was the process with the Guinness book of world records? What did you have to do to confirm, verify, make this official?
1: Yes. Um, so there was no, uh, nobody, no oversight during the event. So it was up to me uh, and my crew to acquire the evidence. And what Guinness World Records is looking for is um, corroborating evidence. So specifically, there's uh, a 10-minute video per day uh, that they expect along with GPS files, photographs, witness statements and uh, I had to have dignitaries meet me at the beginning of the end. So I had dignitaries, uh, a member of city hall, uh, meet me, Rebecca Bly uh, to send me off from uh, Halifax. And then I had uh, a team of police officers and people from the Canadian Mental Health Association, along with friends and family, see me at the Halifax side, which was a little bit more difficult to coordinate just because they didn't know when I was gonna get there. So. Um, Anyways, they should. Uh, when you combine all these layers of evidence, then it, it's pretty hard to um, to, to fudge. And uh, I think the most powerful piece that wasn't required was uh, the cycling metrics, the physiological data. So heart rate monitor, I had a dual-sided power meter and such, and I think that that went a long way to um, to verify the event because uh, that's that's a challenge to um, uh, to, to kind of make up so it's all available it's all out there and uh, I think we did a pretty good job because there was no back and forth between myself and Guinness World Records uh, they didn't seek further clarification uh, they just I found out December 29th that I was awarded the record and uh, that was that so um, I, I take it we did a pretty good job
0: yeah, it sounds like the, the information you gave or uh, documentation evidence was above and beyond what they needed, so so good for you.
1: Yeah, I hope so because some our video quality kind of sucked. To be honest with you, like we, I bought a camera, and like I don't have a media background, and and I was I was kind of kicking myself at the time because I didn't know exactly what kind of memory disc I needed or memory card, and uh, we ended up having to use my friend's uh, Justin's iPad because the video quality was so poor, and uh, you know I was looking at it and I was like, oh, is this going to be sufficient enough? and uh, it was, it was a concerning process because, Mike, I had never been through a Guinness World Record adjudication process and I'm so used to the UCI standard where, you know, if, if anybody knows anything about uh, uh, the UCI, uh, the, the French cycling governing body, the world governing body actually, they're very, very picky in particular when it comes to rules and You know they they regulate sock height and like uh you know uh, bicycle frame um geometry etc etc like everything is written in the uci regulations and it's hard to keep track of of uh such things and so i that was the big question and that's why i was so afraid to submit my evidence right away is because i sunk so much time and money Into this project and to have it go by the wayside because I wasn't tech savvy enough to get all the required evidence or I'd I'd lose data because I didn't back it up would have just uh, would have floored me, but thankfully it all worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad it worked out. You never know with that IT stuff sometimes. It's not my background.
1: You know, I, I can operate my PC, but I don't have much media experience. So and um uh neither did my team really they were just kind of you know ultimately it was my responsibility so i had to direct them accordingly but i wasn't sure if i equipped them properly yeah
0: so. um speaking of the guinness book of world records like you broke it you got it you earned it officially mm-hmm. what did they mm-hmm. give you like did you get a medal did you get a plaque a certificate like did you get a street uh, view?
1: <laughs> a certificate you can go to their store and you can buy more more stuff um, so I uh, get a free certificate um, and uh, I uh, uh, I will be entered into the book I assume in 2022 so typically they release a hard copy of their book um, uh, usually it's released around September so you know that was another thing that was disappointing to me is that uh, they want. They contacted me after the event was done and wanted the evidence right away so that I could be included in Guinness World Record Day for 2019. And I, I missed the deadline on that, and um, so and and they claim that I would be featured in, in all kinds of uh, social media events and stuff. And uh, so I missed that deadline, but I also missed the book too. Uh, 2020 was already released and. And then this year too i was hoping to make the 2021 book but they didn't get around to uh to uh reviewing my evidence until after so anyways um to answer your question you get a certificate and you get entered in the book and uh, it'll be there until somebody comes and breaks it
0: cool and before i forget uh i want to say another front congratulations number one that's a huge feat accomplishment you did there chris but before i forget a friend of mine, I think he's a friend of yours too. Uh, he's our NWTTA president right now, but he used to teach in uh, New Vic, I know Matthew. Miller. Yes, absolutely. Matthew. Yes. 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 we have uh, Matthew and I, well, I didn't get to play cribbage
1: last year, but he was at, uh, at the tournament and I think he fared pretty well. I think he got down to the finals. Um, but uh, hello to Matthew and I hope everything's a okay in Yellowknife. I hope everything's going well as the president.
0: Good, good. Yeah, I would have been remiss if I didn't say hi for, for Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I Small world. Small it world. is, especially in the north. Now, absolutely. Uh, before I forget, I also want to ask you, I know you sustained or I think you did some nerve damage from this uh, feat. What happened there?
1: Yeah, well, I think it happens to everybody, but I certainly didn't. Um, help myself. And again, like, uh, first time we spoke, I, I kind of forgot about this, but I reviewed some of the videos, I got bad nerve damage in uh, my feet, my pelvic region in my hands, uh, so much. So it took me about four months to recover from that. Um, so just all contact, all my bodily contact points on the bike suffered nerd, nerve damage. And I had numbness and, uh, throughout the, first few days of the ride you know I had that intense burning feeling uh, especially in my hands um, and I had never experienced that before and when I looked back in the video you know again I was pretty naive to an ultra endurance cycling event like this I was not wearing gloves until day three or four and so every time when I started getting tired I would mount the bike it would take me about a half an hour to be able to sit back down on the seat unless I was standing up to pedal, putting a lot of pressure on my ulnar nerve. And then eventually it just, I lost all sensation. And so one of my concerns when I was riding um, was that, will I ever have proper hand function again? So I, I learned after the event that this is a normal part of events such as these, and eventually it will come back. But I was really, really concerned and um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but uh, the skin that was coming off my butt every time I stopped was, uh, was unbearable. It was the same sort of sensation. I had this intense burning uh, on, on my butt, around my ischial bones. And um, when I go to the bathroom, there'd be skin all over the place. And like I was concerned that I may get, you know, bad ulcers kind of thing. So um, thankfully that wasn't the case, you know, cause I have you know pretty good calluses built up over time. Um, but uh, I, I really had some concerns that, Hey, you know, I, I may get this record, but I may never be the same again. And uh, let me tell you, after the fact, it was really difficult, not only physically, but psychologically to, to go back to work and um, knowing that, you know, I, I had to start paying some of this back and, um, It was so frustrating too, you know, I I play guitar and, uh, to, to pick up a guitar and I can't even play strum chords anymore, you know? So that's all part of the, uh, the process. Uh, The one thing I didn't get is Sherman's neck. That's where you're, they, uh, where you're, you can't lift your head up. You're so tired. Uh, you're already kind of bent over in an awkward position on a bike as it is. But, uh, yeah, my neck was fine and my position was pretty low. You know, I was uh, tucked in the arrow bars and on the drops uh, for a lot of the ride, but then nobody had to take my head up. So I guess, I guess that was a plus.
0: (laughs) Wow. Some of the pains, some of the pains and the ailments you just described, is that like, is that common for cyclists?
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, for a lot of cyclists, um, you know, ultra, ultra endurance cyclists for sure. Um, I I don't think there's any way around it, but I, I certainly would work I would get different equipment next time to try to mitigate those uh those ailments right like I should have started with gloves um you know I could double up on my gloves or uh, wear insoles for my feet maybe double up on the chamois um but uh I think over time like if you decided that you're going to ride across the country on a motorbike and you're going to drive or ride, you know, 18, 20 hours a day, I think you would experience the same sort of things just from being in in the same position over time. So I think you can, you can mitigate the symptoms, but you can't eliminate them.
0: Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you there. So have you thought of probably not? Oh, by the way, but your, your, your trader, your nine to five job, you're a paramedic, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I am just thinking when you're describing some of those pains and ailments and whatnot, that, because of your sort of job your background your experience your knowledge yeah you really for a while there you're probably a little bit frightened because of what you know well yeah yeah
1: kind of like you know I I knew nerve nerve type symptoms I'm like oh this is this is the burning pain and then uh it was like oh now I'm not feeling anything that can't be good No, no like I I know the next phase of that progression is like necrosis like I I may have, I may not, I may lose function here. I mean, that's within the realm of possibilities. Um, And, and like, I'm pretty sure now I I didn't go to a doctor after the fact, but I had really bad systemic inflammation Mm. and that's likely due to the muscle breakdown, right? Because inflammation is usually a result of damaged cells. And um, you know, like my, my muscles are getting cooked day after day after day for two weeks. And so I'm sure there would have been protein in my blood. I'm sure, you know, like I was, uh, you know, maybe my muscles were breaking down to the point where, you know, like there could be damage and there, there was damage for sure, because I I couldn't, I could barely pedal when I got on the bike. And and I wasn't the same for three weeks after I couldn't even get on a bike. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't know how my body would hold up. Um, I could read about it, I could try to learn it from other people's experiences, but um, sports, sports science um, is, yeah, in terms of research, when an N of one matters, because everybody's body's a little bit different, and I didn't know how my body was going to react to this sort of thing. Right. So now that I kind of have a baseline, I, I kind of know what to expect from myself, should I choose to do something like this in the future.
0: Now on a, on a positive note, Chris, what did you learn like through this experience? And I don't mean just the cycling, the 13 days, but the before and after, like as an, invi- as an individual, as a person, like what did you learn? What did you get through this experience about yourself?
1: Yeah, it's um, really, uh, this, I, I always kind of knew this, but um, this, this event sort of um, reiterated the fact that friends and family matter the most particularly family, because without that support uh, and just having somebody to talk to and just just this idea that somebody out there cares about you enough and uh, is worried about your well-being and stuff, that was such a psychological lift throughout the course of the event. And, uh, you know, my, my, fam- my family, uh, they were in my ear. So I, you know, I was plugged into my phone. It was so helpful to have them talk to me about uh any old nonsense that I wanted to talk about and to distract my mind from from the event you know because when you're riding 18 19 20 hours a day that's a lot of time to be you know riding in your own headspace and and your mind can wander and uh, you know it's so beneficial they they helped me get to the finish line um if I weren't for them uh, I'd probably still be out there or something like that or I may not have finished even so that's what really really matters and when when times get tough lean on your friends and family
0: thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you did be sure to subscribe and share with your family and friends and remember you may be given a cactus in life But you don't have to sit on it.